Line up. Line up. Single file. Single file. Pod. Cast. Pod. Cast. Pod. Cast. Cast. All right. There we are. Welcome to Silver Screamers, your genre-jumping, decade, artful-dodging film podcast. Well done. Um, yep, yeah, so first week of our second... Genre number genre, two. Genre, yeah. And it's musicals. musicals. Woohoo. Oliver. It wasn't, wasn't my first choice, it was Paul's choice, he won the toss, but there you are. Oliver. Oliver with an exclamation mark, so it's like... Which is very hard to find on IMDb. I couldn't find it on IMDb for ages, because... That's because it's Oliver exclamation. It's like Oliver. I did that. I put that in. It still didn't come up for some reason. Is it, how did you? Well, you found it in the end, obviously. I found it in the end because I think I looked up the actors and then found it through that. I suppose in 1968 they weren't really thinking about IMBD. Before we dive into the film, last time that we recorded, we had a bit of a chat about the Oscars and the Oscars have since been. Do you want to have a quick review on the results? I. Just want to say Olivia Coleman won an Oscar. Yeah, that was the word. That, I suppose the only thing that's worth talking about is that and <laughs> uh, Best Picture because everything else kind of went as planned. I think. Yeah, and um, we love Olivia Coleman. Yeah, we were. T- uh, none, neither of us picked her. I think we both hoped that she'd get it, but we both said that Glenn would get it. But I'm really happy for Olivia. I think she deserves it. And her acceptance speech was the best acceptance speech I've ever seen. Yeah, I think a lot of people felt for Glenn Close, but like Glenn Close doesn't need. Us feeling sorry for her. She, she's fine. She's fine. She is fine, but uh, she she'll. I'd say she's hungry for the Oscar. Oh, she's Oscar. very. I mean, she she dressed up as an Oscar. Did you see what she she wore on the night? <laughs> she dressed up as an Oscar. <laughs> she wore like this really extravagant gold dress with this big fuck ass train and. Oh, I did see that. Yeah, actually. she looked. She I looked, didn't actually get the Oscar reference. Um, yeah, she looked amazing, but like she dressed as a winner. She dressed. Fully intending to, you know, compliment her little statue. And then she was such a... Because when she won... Oh, sorry, when Olivia won, she had this kind of... Ah, yeah. Do you know, do you know that episode of Friends where Rachel, like, trains Joey in, in the Grateful oh, Loser yeah, yeah, face? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> That's the exact face that Glenn Close <laughs> did. Because she knew everyone. Nobody was looking at Yalitza. Uh, <laughs> The camera went straight to Glenn. It went straight to Glenn. Um, And poor Olivia standing there. She, I think she felt kind of embarrassed. She was like, she was, but she has no need to be embarrassed. I think she was the strongest performance. She was, yeah. I think there is a tendency that that we've actually seen that Glenn Close film. No, (laughs) (laughs) well, there was such an uproar on Twitter initially that it should have been Glenn, and I swear that had half of the people who had said how annoyed they were for Glenn Close actually seen the wife, then it would have, like, the, the wife didn't do well. So, like, had all those people actually gone see the film, you know, that's how you support Glenn. <laughs> Not mm. just by tweeting her. But it is, it's, it's all, a, it's all a, an in-vote, isn't it? It's like, it's all the actors and actresses and directors and whoever. Members of the Academy voting for you. Yeah, so your maybe, peers. Maybe, maybe mm. Olivia's more popular than Glenn. Maybe she's just more liked. I don't know. Perhaps. I think that performance in the 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 favorite was just such it was such a fantastic performance, and I I believe Glenn was very good, but 
Glenn deserves to win an Oscar for her, you know, her Dangerous Liaisons or for Fatal Attraction. Yeah, and that time has passed. Well, well, almost as soon as the Oscars wrapped up, it was announced that she's going to be playing, she's in the, the musical version of Sunset Boulevard, which she has won a Tony for that exact same role before. Do you think, now this is interesting, do you think they didn't announce that beforehand because they were like, well, if we announce it after she wins an Oscar, then it's Oscar winner Glenn Close is going to be playing. Oh, okay. So I was sorry. What I thought you were going to say is, did they not announce it beforehand? Because then the Oscars would be like, I will give her the Oscar for that then. We won't give it for this. And they were like, keeping it quiet because she's, that's just such an Oscar bait for them. No, I thought I was thinking more of the producers of uh, Sunset Boulevard might have been saying, well, you know, let's hold off because she, she might win it and then we'll be able to say Oscar winner Glenn Close is playing this. Perhaps, but I actually almost think this is an even better story that this is, you know, this is the film that she's, we are, we are making the film that will give, finally give Glenn Close her Oscar. Like, even an act, like, if you're like Kate Winslet. I don't know if the producers care about that more than they care about the ratings that are, you know, people going to watch their films. No, but it's uh, already, the film has just started pre-production and there's already, like, bu- Oscar there's, buzz. Like buzz because, well, I suppose it was a win-win. It was either yes. Oscar winner Glenn Close or, oh, you know, Glenn Close and the, that, you know, that let's Tony Award winning Glenn Close. You yeah. might Oscar for this now. Like, if you're Kate Winslet or, you know, Kate Blanchett and you have a big film in the works for next year <laughs> you'd almost kind of think would they say to their producers can we just hold off six months because like who wants to be against Glenn Close I almost will think it'll be Glenn Close and four ingenues who are happy for the nomination four Yalitzas four Yalitzas yeah <laughs> um, so yeah so if we're on the same page we are we felt for Glenn Close but it, her time will come and I think they went to the right person Something we don't agree on, as I thought Green Book was a crappy best picture. Ah, no, I thought it was a brilliant film. Um, what did you have picked? picked? I you wanted the favourite to win. I wanted the favourite to win. Like, there was, I just thought Green Book was, it was like perfectly entertaining, but it had nothing. To, it was a real Oscar movie. But it was nothing outside the, it was basically, you know what, guys? Racism is a... Uh, is uh, pretty bad. That was its. Well, they're the types of movies that win Oscars. Well, there was three race films that were in Best Picture, and it was the least. Well, they, they had to pick one, and they went with that one. But it was the least uh, dynamic one, I thought. I thought it was just a very bland film. Not as bland. Interesting, though, that they. It was nominated. I always think this is weird. It was nominated for a whole heap of other awards, like Best Directing and Best design art, art design and best whatever um wins none of those but it's still the best picture but the oscars does tend to be fairly diplomatic like films that get lots of nominations tend to get one of something they tend to be fairly diplomatic uh, it won best some, well there's some movies that win like, like that do first gump one about eight and oscars it does and then i do our films that, that <clears throat> run away with it but generally speaking if you're they're, they can be. They are known to be fairly diplomatic. But well, your man, it won best supporting actor for. Uh, I can never pronounce his name. Marshall Ali. He won best supporting actor, and I think he deserved it. Fair play. That's his, his uh, second Oscar in three years. Day. Yeah, I think actually he was. I think he deserved it for this more than Moonlight. He was very good in Moonlight, but I think this was. I'd almost say he was 
joint leading, to be honest. In Green Book. Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, it was a big supporting role, like. Can you do that? Can you have two, uh, can you have two leading actors in the same category? The same you category? used to be able to, but I think they stopped that now because uh, Betty Davis and Anne Baxter were both nominated for All About Eve and Thelma and Louise, Susan Strandon and uh, one with the gums, Gina Davis. Gummy. <laughs> they were both nominated. I don't think, it, I think they've, it doesn't do the fi- film any favours with the vote, mm. so they I don't think it happened Creates very much. rivalry. And uh, d- there's a whole campaign thing as well, isn't there, where people are going around, you know, trying to win the Oscar and trying to campaign for it. So it might be a bit... A bit yeah. Yeah. Olivia did no <coughs> no campaigning this year. So, you know, like, and she was relatively unknown in Hollywood. So you don't need to campaign. But maybe did, did the director, did the producers, did other people maybe campaign for I her? I mean, it was nominated for a string. There would have been... Yeah, there would have been a campaign for the film. But just her... You know, uh, you know, there's like Matthew McConaughey when he won for uh, that film. Oh, Texas. Uh, yeah, what was it called? Oh, my mind's gone blank. The one where he got the AIDS drugs and the yeah, Texas Texas Buyers Club. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did a big, big campaign for that. Big, big campaign for that. What does that involve? It just ring, calling up all your friends and saying, "Here, you give us an Oscar." Just doing a lot of interviews, going around. Yeah, basically, yeah. But anyway, so I, I I thought the Green Book was a fairly underwhelming Best Picture, unlike the winner of the Best Picture in 1969. Which was? Oliver! Oh my god, that's the movie we're talking about today! Oliver! Uh, can I just, before we get into Oliver, just say that we now have, thanks to Paul's colleague... Z Colleagues. Uh, two microphones! <laughs> So we can probably argue now because yeah, beforehand we were like giving each other gestures. I want the mic, uh, which I'm sure you did not get because of our fantastic editing skills. Uh, but yeah, so thanks. Yeah. That, so so in my I have a six the six of us in the team, and um, we're very close and they're great. And we we do a Chris Kindle type thing for our birthdays. So instead of getting getting you know a little present six five times a year we we do a, at the start of the year we put our names in a hat and then whoever you get you get them like a really decent present and don got me and this year and um don got me this wonderful microphone for my birthday which was about three weeks ago i'm stuck here now with the old crappy microphone i think well that's no but that's it's done as well it's not a bad one over the um, last 18 months and five episodes <laughs> yeah i want to also just th- thank don for something else actually don uh, is very creative and artistic and she she made our um facebook banner which oh, we haven't yeah. we haven't we haven't built our facebook, built yet. Our facebook yet but we'll it's it's that. stunning it's amazing i just asked her would she mind um she, she does a lot of the graphics for work so i said would she mind doing one for our, our facebook page and thinking just throw something together like a nice font and you know uh, some just generic uh, picture of i don't know the a movie screen or something but she put loads of effort in and it's amazing I'm really it's happy fantastic. with it and she's so got magic little legs in she got magic little legs in it um, so thank you Don thank and you Don and thank you to, we should have thanked a lot of people before this thank you to Paul's dad who also uh, designed our banner which is on our Facebook which is on our website we have a lot of help making this clearly because uh, all we know how to do is talk we don't have any other skills <laughs> no, we're still learning that <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay, that's all the thank yous out of the way. So when Connor and I watch a film for this, we try not to talk about it 
together because it's i, I like yeah, to kind of about it yeah well i like to i just like to record our natural reactions so we haven't really spoken about this but we have <laughs> and we watched it a few days a good few days ago uh before we got a chance to record it and we've kind of skipped into each other's and actually our heating has been down the last few days so we've kind of had a dickensian atmosphere in the house but we've been singing a lot of the songs so i think it's fair to say we both loved the songs yeah yeah we uh I I'd actually forgotten how much I enjoyed this film because it's been years and years and years since I since I saw it. Although we did do it in school when I was a young fella, I wasn't actually in it. Our school put it on and really enjoyed it then. Really enjoyed it now. It's yeah. Uh, okay, so I think this film is almost perfect, apart from one element, and it's a fairly major element. I wonder if you can have a guess what element that is, Oliver. Yes. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, poor Oliver. Oh, he's not a great little actor, but uh, and he's he's incredibly. Just thinking of getting fat. He's not a he's not a great singer. Uh, he's not. A well, you, that you know that wasn't his voice. Oh well, whoever dubbed him. Was well, <laughs> that is the that is kind of the whole that that is the one thorn in this film side that that we can get into more as it goes on. He couldn't sing, right? The actor, Mark Lester, couldn't sing, right? Yeah. He was he's a gorgeous kid. You know, he was chosen for his looks. He's not... And I actually don't think he was that bad an actor in the bits he wasn't singing. He was okay. He's all right. He doesn't actually... Blessfully, he doesn't have a lot to do. He's just... He's he's a very passive character. He... Well, I'm, I, I know... The, all the big personalities are oh, around him. Oh, but whatever about, whatever about all that, and we can get into that as it goes on, as we go into the film in more details. But he was dubbed, right, by the director, uh, Carol, Carol Reed? Carol Reed? By his daughter. By Carol Reed's daughter? Yes. So it's a little girl singing. But if you could dub, uh, I don't even care that he was dubbed, but if you can dub, if you're going to dub him, you have the, you literally can have anyone in the world, why that child could not sing. Maybe they were over budget. And I'm sure Carol Reed was slightly biased and maybe thought his daughter could sing. Those or she, maybe she was like, Daddy, I want to be in the movie. And he's like, oh, fine. But why give her that part? Give her the like main singing, well, one of the main singing. Or just tell her, yeah, that's your voice, like what they did in Phoebe and Friends. It's like she's a... In all the time... You know, there was a couple of songs. He only has one song in on his own, Oliver. And, um but all the times where there's a big chorus, like like the opener for Glorious Food, and, and the kids have gorgeous singing voices in most of the choruses and stuff. And then it just goes, he, he often has one line, like, just thinking of growing fat. And it just, the microphone is so high for his voice, or her voice, because she has no strength there. And it just totally takes you out of the whole song. It's the exact same in Be Back Soon as well. What's his line in Be Back Soon? Be Back Soon. Um, <laughs> be Back did, did Be Pip pip cheerio. He just does that. Yeah. It just ruins it. Um, and you can you can tell when he's you can you can't actually tell now thinking about it when he starts singing, the sound changes. And the it's, sound it's completely totally, changes. Totally different Com- because the other actors all seem like they're they're singing. So everyone else in this film is wonderful. So and and I to be fair, I actually don't think the kid was a bad actor. In the scenes that he's not singing, I I, um, I think he was perfectly fine. But and I don't actually have a problem with him. I have a problem with the the, the voice they use for the singing. Is this last week you were saying that you watched it um, 
a couple of years ago you started watching it and you had to turn it off because you thought it was unwatchable so well okay before we kind of go into this do you want to just because yeah i do have something to say at the start but will we will, will we do our two minutes and 40 seconds uh summary of the plot okay you did it last time will i do it this time did I do it last time? Yeah, you did. Um, oh, I did. Uh, Escape, from, Escape New from New York. Oh, yeah, okay. You okay. Did, yeah. 10, 10, 10, 10, 9. Okay, let's just. <laughs> 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Go. Okay, so there's this um, workhouse for orphan boys, and um, they are all eating. They're being given porridge, uh, gruel, actually, not porridge, gruel, and the, uh, Mr. Bumble and the other people who run it are all ha- are all having lovely food. And then they pull straws, and Oliver gets the, the long straw, so he goes up and says to Mr. Bumble, "Please, sir, can I have some more?" And Mr. Bumble's like, "More!" And then he like punishes him for the cheek of asking for more food, and then he tries to sell him, which is a bit creepy, and has the boy for sale. Okay, but he does, and he sells him to a undertaker who has a, is an unhappy marriage, and then there's a, a lad on that, and that's the that I just find that man awful and hard to watch that he's a bad actor and Oliver doesn't suddenly gets this wind of like boldness in, in The Undertaker that we never see before or after and uh, they throw him in the cellar and then he sings well, this, is, this is awful where is love song but um, he escapes and he like travels to London where he meets the Artful Dodger and then suddenly the film becomes amazing and the Artful Dodger is like, hello Oliver, come with me! And he sings Consider Himself and then everybody in the world is singing and then that's amazing. And then he goes, uh, he brings them to this underground um, kind of coven of like robber, little robber boys and it's run by, and Connor's forgot to do it. Yep. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that's run by Fagin who... Um, it tells them that they make handkerchiefs and wallets, but then he sings, you've got to pick a pocket or two, and even though Oliver still doesn't seem to realise that they rob people, but anyway, and he's dead, that, 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 that. And then um, they all go to bed, and Oliver witnesses Fagin take out like a crown and like lots of jewels, and how are we for time? Okay, and um, that's grand, and uh, he, uh, and then Al- Fagin's like really angry for, for looking, but then he says, you're around, go back to sleep. And then the next day, uh, or that night, he goes down to this bad guy, Bill Sykes, and Bill Sykes has a girlfriend called Nancy, and Bill Sykes is like, Oh, you won't be though. Here's some jewels, babe, and I want my money. And then Bacon's like, Tomorrow, Bill, tomorrow, Bill. And then Bill goes to his girlfriend, and that's Nancy, and she's like, It's, it's a fine life. 30 seconds? Oh, Jesus. And then, then Nancy uh, meets the boys and gets the money, and then she thinks Oliver's adorable, and then Oliver is given. Oh, I, I need to have this time in front of me with that. She uh, decides to, uh, Oliver is arrested for pickpocketing, and but he actually ends up in a really nice home. And then, yes. n- stop it! And then Nancy um, uh, betrays Oliver, and then he's kidnapped, and Oliver tries to kill him, but then he's brought back to his nice home because he's actually upper class, because upper class people Time. are better. And Nancy dies. Is that it? Are you finished? I mean, yeah, I rushed to the end. I, you know, I, I didn't have the timer in front of me. I think I need to have the timer in front of me to I pace myself. I the timer at two hours and 40 minutes, so I've just been working working at this, but it was two, two Okay, I think I, I definitely need to have it in front of me. Nice. Uh, so <laughs> It was a bit top-heavy. Yeah, <laughs> we keep doing this thing where you spend the first, like... Two minutes on the first five minutes of the movie, and then well, that's just because you have to get your you have to get all your coins in a row. Um, I thought for this film, instead of running through the the plot bit by bit, it might make sense because it's very character. There's a lot of very strong characters, and obviously the songs. So I thought maybe we would go character by character, talking about their songs, and then 
go song by song for any kind of ensemble songs and then go back and talk about any other aspects we wanted okay were there any main bits of the storyline that you just left out there that are important well the, it, the, oliver is a, a pawn he's essentially he he witnesses fagan there's no plot holes or anything like the, like the charles dickens novel it, we are it's a this, this, this it's a solid plot uh oliver witnesses that fagan has lots of money and that if he and then when Oliver then is is taken into a lovely home, Fagan isn't doesn't seem to worry too much. But Bill Sykes is convinced that Oliver is going to to rat them out. To rat them out, he gets Oliver kidnapped. Now I don't know why he didn't just try to kill Oliver. If that's he was going to kill I don't understand why. Well, okay, so if, yeah, so Bill Sykes he takes on a robbery. I don't, I don't understand why he did that. Why did he take Oliver on um, to rob that? rich house i think it was a house that he had wanted to rob for a long time but then he needed somebody small to go in or something. i mean surely i mean dodger was just as small as oliver and a lot brighter and a lot more crafty i mean he would have been the person to, it didn't that to me was one element that i found confusing why did he why he it was almost like he was so angry at oliver that he wanted to punish him by taking him to this you know that he, and Oliver made a boss of it because what well, of course he would because he had no experience because he had no experience and he was this like little angel kid with no street smarts and uh, and Sykes had his choice of he could have had his pick of of much more worldly kids but I mean Oliver was literally caught for robbing someone even though he didn't even rob him so like <laughs> that that didn't make any, I didn't really know what I think I felt that like that one scene was just placed there but um I'm kind of I don't really care because it's it's a brilliant film it's really really good it's really good it's a really enjoyable film it's a really good plot uh, Charles Dickens obviously um, there's so many songs there's 16 classical so- classic songs uh, everybody knows all these songs I would say there isn't one there isn't one stinker there's not well, I mean I don't like except where, for maybe that where Where is Love would be a beautiful song if it was sung by a kid who could sing wouldn't be my favorite now at all but um yeah i mean the all the songs are fantastic uh who will buy is probably my favorite because it's a massive i think it's as long as <coughs> as long as uh he, he needs me i think that's stunning that song was a standard i've, I've seen that that song is, is all is kind of a broadway standard and i've heard it sung by lots of different people but uh shani wallace who plays nancy in this film is the only is the best is, is by far the best version of that song have you heard shirley bassey's version of that song i think i have yeah shirley bassey has it on she her repertoire belts out, she, she belts it out of her um and connor and i really but really like shirley bassey she's she sings that song and she uh, you know she, shirley bassey has an almost perfect voice but she doesn't have the grit that shani has and shani's voice is so strong yeah, I suppose, like, Shirley Bassey, Shani is playing the character a lot better, I suppose. Well, yeah, Shirley's playing, Sh- Shirley's, Shirley's not playing Nancy. Yeah, but even still, like, when Shani sings that song, oh, I guess we're kind of, are we going through, we say, we talk about that song first, we go through song by song then, or? Well, do you want to go character by character, or? Okay, well, we talk about Nancy first then, because okay. that's obviously the thing, because, um, I, well, as a child, I always was very attracted to Nancy as a character, I just thought she was motherly and she was warm and she's kind of she's an iconic character in fiction like you know she was 
she was quite controversial when in the, when the book first came out. Did you know that? Why? Because she was a thief. Because she was a thief that was given a very sympathetic point of view. I think I think when I was watching th- this, uh, I wasn't I I didn't sympathise with her as much as I thought I would. I kind of agree with you. Yeah, I know what you mean. She I th- wasn't. She wasn't good. She ah. just wasn't as ah. Good. Well, she, she risks everything for Oliver at the end. So I think yeah. I mean, she had she had a a moral compass, but she definitely most of the time chose the wrong side of that compass. Well, I think you have to put it in perspective. I just want to just going back a little bit uh, in time. She she was kind of the first um, character archetype of the tart with the heart. Have you ever heard of that character archetype? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of a lot of people found that very kind of that almost irresponsible of Charles Dickens to have this character that was a thief and a ruffian and then give her, you know, a, symp- and, uh, a sympathetic and, and, and that she actually ends up rescuing Oliver. And that was quite bold of Charles Dickens at the time to have this very down and out woman. And, and a lot of people assume that Nancy's a prostitute. Did you know that? I didn't know that people assumed that, but funny enough, I thought that myself. Yeah, a lot of people for you and, and Charles Dickens in the foreword said that the men are thieves and the women are prostitutes. So a lot of people and a lot of people took for years. Then and in fact, there was even a, a show called Dickensian or something, and it was like it it was a TV show that that had all the characters like Scrooge and um and the characters from Oliver and Pip from Great Ex- and Miss Havisham and uh, all the different characters in this one kind of world. It was a TV show, and and Nancy was a prostitute in that. Um, she slept with Marley from Scrooge's partner, Marley. Mm. Well, he was a client of hers and um, Bill Sykes ended up killing Marley in this and that's how Marley died because he never knew how Marley... It was, it was a really good show. It was a really good show. But uh, but actually, uh, scholars actually say, no, no, there's n- the, the word prostitute in that what Charles Dickens used was just to kind of describe a woman like that was... She was living with Bill Sykes and she was out of wedlock and she had, you know, she had been a robber since she was... A, a child and that was just kind of a, a term for a woman who had a fallen woman so there was no indication in this that she actually like was a sex worker and actually the fact that she lived with bill sykes he wasn't the type of character that would have let his girl be a sex no. worker i guess you could argue well, he was a I pimp mean, i guess you could say that the, the abuse of well yes, Nancy, yes. Uh, from bill sykes in a minute but um th- there probably was an element of you know, she, she was sleeping with him. He could maybe offer her more money and a better life in some some respect um, than she could just earn from. Because I think she works in a bar. Yeah, I think. I mean, they definitely in the film, they definitely try to make her much, much not a, a, a nicer character because she works in the bar. There's even a, a, a bit in the, I think it's, a fine life in the song, a fine life. Where she grabs someone's wa- a guy's wallet, and then she hands it back to him. Yeah, she finds it on the floor. Yeah, no, no, she takes it out of his pocket. Does she? Yeah, we're thinking maybe she does another one where she finds it on the floor. But it's definitely a scene where she she grabs it. I'm making a hand gesture. I'm forgetting it's a podcast. She grabs it out of his pocket and it's like sticking out very much yes. out of his pocket, and then she takes it. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, and, hands, and it hands it to him. So that to me was. I thought she was going to steal it, and I was kind of going, "Oh, Nancy!" But <laughs> but she gives it back to him, and I th- I, th- I thought that was a very deliberate. And the fact that she worked in the bar, I felt that that was the film 
very deliberately saying Nancy is a good egg. It was showing a side. It was showing that she was capable of theft, but wasn't. It wasn't her only motivation, and that she was ultimately probably going to be a good. Person. Yeah, yeah, and um, she betray. I suppose you could argue she betrays Oliver at the start when she sees Oliver in the, uh, you know, the, for the "I Do Anything" song. That's the first time she meets him. Just before, just before they sing "I Do Anything." She just gets this, like she's dancing with all the boys, and she's it's, uh, with with Dodger, and then she just sees, she just goes across to Oliver, and then starts her version of "I Do Anything," and when she starts singing that that chorus, it's a much warmer chorus than than she when she was doing it with uh, with Dodger, it was all playful and. Well, she I, she recognizes that the kids around her, the boys around her, they're they're all hardened streetwise, you know, boys who have been in this game now. And she recognizes in Oliver that that's not there, that he doesn't know what world he's in. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, when Oliver turns up in London, he says he's there to make his fortune. And from that point on, people are taking advantage of him. So I think she probably sees that and is yeah is thinking to herself, ah, this poor fella. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. She, I know she betrays him, but I think you have to take into context, like, who, like... What power has she got? How does she portray him? Because he sent out to get books from his his uncle. Well, we find out turns out to be his uncle, and that's ridiculous. And I have a lot to say about that part of the plot. Um, and she knows they that Bill Sykes rec- realizes that Oliver will trust her, so she goes and says, "No, come follow me down this dark alley." And then that's when Bill Sykes puts him in the bag and brings him back. So she does betray him. Yeah, she does betray him, and she feels awful about it. That's why she saves him, and that's why she saves him. But she 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 gives her life to to rescue Oliver because um, essentially, like she one one thing I think is very clever. This film is you know it's the old fashioned musical where uh, when someone starts singing, suddenly the whole street gets involved and like you know like the, the the butchers suddenly start chopping their meat in time and the window and I think that's fantastic and what I think is so clever about this film is Nancy almost uses the rules of this world as a plot device so she needs to get Oliver out so she starts this big song and da- I think that's so yeah, clever it's, yeah it's so cl- and I don't even just mean it's clever on, on Nancy's behalf it's like we the film has at this stage established that when someone starts singing, everyone takes part in this elaborate dance, and she uses that as a. I just think that's so clever and kind of meta and and. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird. She she uses umpapa as a distraction uh, to get Oliver out of the bar. I think that's so clever of the film. Ultimately, to, though, it's it's it's, it's useless. She gets about twenty like, seconds yeah. of a head start. But whatever it was, it was. I just, I just think that device was clever. And then she brings him to, and then Bill ends up. I think her death, spoiler, is a bit anticlimactic. You even kind of said, is she, is she dead? Yeah, maybe that was in the time in the sixties. They didn't want to show um, Nancy being strangled to death or murdered or whatever happened. I think she's bludgeoned. She actually. was bludgeoned to death. Yeah. Um, but it's not very clear because she, she kind of moves after. I think she, I think the uh, implication is that she, he's beating her so badly that she's not dead yeah, straight yeah, away. She's but not she's surviving. She ain't surviving that. Yeah. No. Uh, and they obviously clarify later on. They say 
yeah, no, she's dead. Do they say that? I know that Fagan's like, you've got blood in your shirt, Sykes. Yeah. Yeah, it's heavily implied. I don't think she says, you killed Nancy. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel she's essentially the female lead in this film. Would you say, is that fair? Well, yeah, there's no others. Yeah, so her death isn't really... I, it it kind of happens in this big climax. But I just I, I felt like we needed... It suddenly just happened. And yeah, I, 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 I thought that was a bit sloppy and rushed over. Mm. But I think it shows the that while Nancy was in, very street smart, she was ultimately throughout the movie a, a bit of a fool because she believed that Bill Sykes loved her and wanted her and that she obviously loved him and would do anything for him. But he didn't love her at all. He didn't. Really I, I, yeah, I think calling her for is a bit harsh. I mean, they were in a abusive. Re- she was in a, a abusive relationship, and you know that's uh, tragic. You know, and you know. I yeah, not, so she, for all her street smarts, for all her um, cunning, like you know, yeah, yeah. Pat and that she was still oh she was infatuated with Bill yeah. absolutely I mean the first line she says is like oh no after after she sings it's a fine life and then the next day she's like making Bill breakfast and she's like come on Bill get up I've made your breakfast and he's like oh fuck off fuck off <laughs> and then she's I think like this podcast oh. gonna have a lot of bad uh, <laughs> British accents <laughs> and then she's like He's like, go down to Fagan and get me the money. And she's like, you do love okay. me, don't you, Bill? And he's like, I'll live with you, don't I? Totally avoiding the question. Yeah. And it's it's tragic. It's, 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 I, I, it's, it is tragic. But again, there, she's asking the question, you do love me, don't you? Well, she probably knows. She knows the back of her mind. That yeah. He doesn't, but she's still... He doesn't even acknowledge her in like here at the, the first time we see her, she gets a few characters when they arrive, they get like a big her and um, Dodger get a big song when they arrive. And then Bill Sykes get this weird shadow where you see his like silhouette and Fagin emerges from from like smoke. And they, they all kind of get big kind of uh, introductions and hers is it's a fine life. But literally she just sees Sykes from a while away. He comes in, he doesn't say hello to her, he doesn't kiss her, he just get she gives him his beer and his soup, and then she sings It's a Fine Life. And then he goes. Does she go with him then? He No, I don't think so. I think he just buggers off and he just like finishes his soup and his beer and then just leaves. <laughs> yeah, and she's all... just like, Is he where is he? Is he where is he gone? <laughs> Poor Nancy. And they all make such a fuss when Bill arrives because oh, they he's all the... know Nancy is infatuated with him. Yeah. And I mean, we'll we'll get to Bill in a minute. But I mean, he, he, Oliver Reed was was wonderful. He was terrifying. He was very very scary, as as Bill. Um, but do you, uh, just talking about Shani, who played the role, do you think she she did a good job? I thought she was brilliant. Yeah, she was really really good, Nancy. She didn't get any like Lids. no, and she I I never saw her anything else again. Have you ever seen her? I looked at her IMBD. Know, and she didn't. Know. She didn't seem. She seemed to be a bit of an outside choice. Do you know who was... She might have been more of a theatre, actually. I, I, imagine, I imagine that is the case. Do you know who was initially considered for the role? We mentioned this person about 10 minutes ago. Shirley Lassie? Yeah. Really? Now, I don't know... Hang on. 
now. It's set in the 1800s, isn't it? <laughs> well, there were black people in the UK. No, I know there probably were <laughs> black people in the UK, but, but there would have been an interracial relationship. That might have been a bit controversial. Yes. Well, I think... I don't know if it would... Yeah. I actually think it would have been really cool to have a black Nancy. Progressive. I just don't... I would have been. I, I would love to see that version of it, but I've never seen Shirley Bassey act. But I just think uh, I can't really imagine anyone else doing the role. Shani was so good. I kind of like that she's. They didn't get this big beauty. Like she's quite ordinary looking. Shani, which that's fair to say, yeah, isn't she's it? She's good looking. She's quite pretty. She's yeah, she is pretty. Yeah. yeah. But she's. But she's not well. Okay, she's not like a Hollywood. No, you know, she's not a. She, they didn't get some. Buxom, you know, beauty. Nah, she's got a good uh, name. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just think she was, yeah. And I also thought that they could, like, I'd say Shani was probably in her mid thirties when she did the role. Would that be fair to say? I don't know. I didn't look up. You know, I, I, one thing about the, I think Nancy in the book is only meant to be about sixteen, seventeen. But whatever, that's fine. I thought, I thought, yeah, I just thought, yeah, I thought she was really good and for the role. And, she wasn't nominated for anything. She wasn't nominated for best supporting actress. She wasn't our best leading actress. She was. Um, she wasn't. Yeah, and I think she. I think I would have given her a support. It's definitely a supporting. Probably not a leading role. I would have given her. A she support. would have been the lead actress. Yeah, but I'd still say her role is a, a supporting role, regardless whether she's the only actress in it. It's still mm-hmm. give. That being said, Ron Mooney as Fagan was nominated, and it was for best actor, not best supporting actor. So I mean. Why not? I guess if he was supported... <laughs> well, Fagan is, like... I mean, Oliver is the main character. Well, he's the main character. The story revolves around him, but whether or not he's the main character, so... I, I mean, I, I, I still think it's peculiar that he was... I think he would have had a better shot at winning the Oscar had he gotten supporting. I, I don't think it, it would make sense to give Fagan the lead role. I mean, he's not in the film for the first half an hour. No, but he's in... He, he, he makes the film without him the film is rubbish uh, okay so Nancy is uh, was played excellently she is a person with a moral compass who clouds that moral compass occasionally in a, an abusive relationship with Bill Sykes and ultimately ends up saving Oliver but dying that's our thesis statement there you go uh, just before you go on one thing I didn't re- do you know this, the, my favourite song As Long As He Needs Me yeah. I that was in a one shot and I didn't think it ended very well I thought it was brilliant for like most of the song and then she crosses that little bridge and then for those last few notes she's like walking away from the camera I thought that was really poorly shot like those really really distraught notes where she's like you know you know the last bits she's you can't see her face and she's like in the far I thought that was a bizarre choice didn't actually notice that but since it was your favorite song then yeah well there you are anyway that's nancy and her songs so that is the only actress uh in the movie ticked off the list who's next who do you want to talk about next uh so we talk we get oliver out of the way oh jeez. okay he's a little boy and he's the main focus of the movie but yeah let's let's skip <laughs> well we i suppose uh, the bits where he's in oliver reed's arms when towards the end and that action scene like he genuinely looks terrified like, I don't think he's a bad actor. No, in fairness, the ki- and I don't think he really acted in much after this. I think he went on to have some sort of a career in modeling. That but would make sense. As a character, he's incredibly 
well, first of all, I don't really know how he became an orphan. His, his, I think his. Oh, his. His, uh, his, mother, his mother was. was his mother off. fell in love with someone when she was seventeen or eighteen, and she ran off, and then she okay. died in childbirth. Yeah. And she gave him this lock. Well, she left. Yeah. Okay. So she left a locket with the, the work with Mr. Bumble, and. How did she leave the locket with Mr. Bumble? She died in childbirth. She died in childbirth in the workhouse. In the workhouse. Yeah. And would she not have said, here, my dad's over there, would you ever bring Oliver to No. Well, this is something that's quite different. In the book, this is a much bigger plot point. His heritage and his, 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 um, is a much bigger plot point. And, and, I, and to be fair, it, it doesn't really matter. So I think the film was wise just to, to skim over it. Uh, so there's a lot of kind of cogs moving and, 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 and pro- to prove his heritage. But essentially, for the film, all they have is she gave this locket to the workhouse and the workhouse kept it for years and then uh, when Oliver was totally by coincidence the family that took which was very good of them to take him in he re- he said oh, that little boy looks like my niece who died <laughs> seven years ago and he is seven and then yeah and they contact I don't know how, how does he contact Mr. Bumble how does he know I, I think he realises he was an orphan so he gets in contact with Mr. Bumble I think he's probably the only <laughs> or maybe it was Oliver probably told him yeah that's true yeah. Uh, so this is on Oliver's first outing as a pickpocket gets caught well he didn't even pickpocket he didn't even pickpocket the Archibald Dodger pickpocketed him and uh, he turns around and says here boy give me back my wallet and it's a big chase scene and yeah, they think he gets crushed by a train yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway this guy uh, ends up finding Oliver and bringing him home he realises that he's they go to court and he realises that he's just a poor orphan boy uh, and was innocent of the crime and brings him home to kind of rescue him to bring him up and give him a proper life but anyway, it turns out that this is his grandfather, uh, who oh has my God. OMG, Oliver. There's there's I a there's a weird Im- there's a weird implication here that's actually terrible, and that's that upper class people are pure and good, and and that's why Oliver wholesome. Oliver, that's why Oliver comes from that stock. Oliver is not like Dodger. Talk so Oliver, sweetly. Oliver never picked up those accents in the no. <laughs> Oliver's hair was all sings with the voice of a little girl angel. Oliver was pure and golden and would never rob. And that's because he was upper class. Yes, because he was from that stuff. I mean I, it's that that's a that's a Dickensian thing and Yeah, but <laughs> they they really really Scott had a version of Oliver made a film of Oliver about ten years ago. And he just scrapped that whole subplot. Wisely, I think, because it doesn't really fly today, does it? Well, it's just all too coincidental, anyway, and a bit ridiculous. Well, whatever about the coincidental thing, it, it, it's implying that. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you're born, if you're of good stock, you're going to be a nice person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Oliver was. Yeah, I. He doesn't I, he, Oliver doesn't bring Oliver doesn't bring any of the fun, any of the comedy, any of the excitement really to the no he doesn't movie he doesn't he's just a almost a plot point which the everything exciting and interesting happens around Opa, he, he is running he, he's until dodger comes onto the film he is in charge of his own destiny insofar as he asks for more then he's and i actually find that part of the film even though i think the songs are wonderful and i want i will talk about boy for sale in a second the scene where he's in the undertaker 
and the older boy, I think Noah is his name, and he makes fun of Oliver's mother. I think that scene is so bad. I have, I have, I do not believe that this that Oliver is angry. He's like, it's like almost like school nativity angry. Like, take that back, my don't you say that about my mother. I, I, that, that doesn't stand up for your argument that he was a good actor. He's a dread. Well, well no, I, I think he was good later on. I think that those scenes were almost unwatchable and not just Oliver I think it was fine it was very kind of stagey and stuff and it was just him running oh, around slapstick and, and I never, I didn't believe for one and then this tiny little waif of a little boy was jumping on this teenager and he had his tongue like your man had his tongue sticking out like oh what's he doing and yeah. it was just and then they all stuck him in the coffin and then but it was very, uh, you know, you could imagine if it was on stage in a musical. Yeah, well, you can imagine. Yeah, that might work be. all right. But but the rest of the film was done so slickly that those scenes were just very, I felt, were very poor. And that's, I, a, year, a few years ago, I, I watched it. And I at that stage, I was like, oh, I can't, I, this is much cornier than I expected. And I turned it off. Oh, you should have kept going. I should have kept going. Because literally, the, the second that Jack Wilde steps on screen, the film is just perfect and, and remains that way because there's nothing embarrassing with Oliver anymore from from that scene. And e- even when Mr. Bumble comes in and he's like, what are you doing? And Oliver's like, yes, I am. Like, since when is Oliver... Oliver has been this little shrieking violet to Mr. Bumble, you know, since the first scene. Well, it shows that it was sort of, you can do anything to me, you can say anything you want about me, you can treat me any way you want, but don't bring my mother into it. Um, and I think the notion of somebody attacking his mother in that way just kind of sent him over. Yeah, fair enough. That's probably fair. I just I was a, I thought it was weak part of the film, and that's all I have to say about Oliver. Uh, is there anything else interesting to say about Oliver? Probably not. Uh, he's the reason Nancy dies. <laughs> I did like that. I did like the chemistry he had with Nancy. I love when she brings him to the London Bridge when he turns around and he hugs her. I thought that was nice. Oliver. Let's talk about Dodger. Dodger. So the Artful Dodger is probably one of the best kid actors ever. Ever. He's, He's wonderful. Just fantastic. He's absolutely um honestly they should I don't have know just how he got that into that character so He well. was incredible. He honestly they should have given him a blonde wig and just done some trick photography and had him play Oliver <laughs> and Dodger. He was wonderful. He was fantastic. Absolutely, I think second he, he comes in when Oliver goes to London and uh, meets the Do- uh, the Artful Dodger for the first time. The whole movie, like yeah, just it just improves. And, and that song, and consider yourself is in, is a amazing song. Amazing scene, actually. Amazing. The whole, the whole of London seems to be singing along the, with them. The amount of actors, like the, the the film, just goes above and beyond. And there's just there's two songs that and Who Will Buy, where the film just. It just goes all out. It, there's so many actors, and they're all dancing, and there's like the people cutting meat, and then there's the people like chasing them, and the the police are chasing them because they've robbed something. Yeah, and then there's a circus people, and they like grab on, and then they're on a they're on a um, merry-go-round. It's amazing. So the Artful Dodger, do you think? Because obviously, uh, Oliver has turned up. He's very green he's very new he's just kind of like oh i've come to london to make my fortune and i speak with a saccharine little voice and obviously the dodger's like this fella what the hell 
uh, and suckers him in to. Ah. He does. He he takes advantage of Oliver. Advantage to to get Fagin another boy. Well, I no. I I think he's what I mean. To, Dodger probably thinks he has a great life himself. Yeah, I think Dodger is so committed to Fagin. But I don't. I think he genuinely felt that he was doing the best thing for Oliver. I don't think he was. What's Maybe the alternative? He, he was doing a good thing because he was giving him shelter. He was, yeah. But I think he genuinely cared about. Like, I thought he genuinely cared about him. He was always holding his hand. He was. He tried his best to help Oliver escape. When, when they were caught. I do, well again. I think he was. He had a moral compass. He obviously didn't. He wanted to leave Oliver alone at the end with his grandfather. He was like, yeah, not yeah, he did, yeah. No, I think I but think he was. A good I think at the start he has been. He almost has Stockholm syndrome with Fagin. He like Fagin, in his own way, is this abusive character towards mm. these boys, and the Dodger is so. Blindly committed to him, like he loves. He loves Fagin. I would say, he, like he, he he loves him in. He's a father figure. Yeah, he, I suppose a father figure, um, kind of way, but without he is quite a smart kid, and he recognizes that Fagin has all these other boys and needs these boys because that's how he makes a living. He gets these boys to go out pick pockets and steal scarfs and whatever. And the more boys he has, the, m- the more money they'll have. And Here's a kid who is totally bemused and bewildered by the big smoke and has nowhere to go. Hey, I'll take him back to Fagan. We'll train him up and we'll get him into the the crime biz. Uh, yeah, that's maybe a cynical view. It's yeah, but I mean, that's just what that's what Dodger knows. That's he's been like he's probably been with Fagan since he was three or four, and and he probably, like I said, thinks he has a great life. And um, he knows what he's doing isn't. Right, but he's justifying it, like because he's otherwise he'd starve. Like, That's like essentially, little boys in this universe have been totally abandoned. Like you saw what, what the conditions that Oliver was in the workhouse. That the the choices for orphan boys in this universe were the workhouse or joining a a gang like Fagans. And in terms of the welfare of the kids. The welfare was a lot better. With, now, now, this isn't excusing Fagin because Fagin was totally taking advantage. But I, I, it's a good actually contrast the because they were both workhouses, Fagin's house and the other house. Oh, they're all the orphan kids boys, and Fagin's were right, the welfare. Me- Fagan. They got lovely sausages. <laughs> the uh, the welfare and the and this is maybe again maybe it's a bit uh, but the establishment was. Uh, I mean that was just that's abuse. I mean yeah. the way they were treated was criminal i mean that's at the point and 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 i i think fagan was absolutely he took advantage but i don't think you can put dodger in there i think dodger just saw this kid that he like once fancied taken under his wing and he, he, at the same time dodger is like 10 or 11 like i don't think he wanted a friend yeah the commitment though of dodger to fagan is really shown and fagan has none of this commitment no um, at the very last scene the very last scene yeah. where Fagin come is he's going to skedaddle skedaddling he's lost his fortune and the Dodger comes out and just uh, it's just it, the way he just like appears behind a post box mm. is just amazing it's just really really well done 
and presents Fagin with a wallet and Fagin goes is it lined and he goes I can't remember what he says only the best only the best and they kind of both trot off into the sunset yes Dodger kind of makes new terms with him he's like we're partners now yes that's a good point yeah he, he's he's on his way up. Mm-hmm. He's negotiating. He's a businessman. He's yeah. Negotiating. Yeah. He's maybe the next Bill Sykes. Because Bill Sykes, it's definitely implied that Bill Sykes was a was a lost boy. Fagin boy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, that's definitely. Yeah. And I think I think, uh, I think Fate or Sykes was the Dodger of his time, tw- twenty or thirty yeah. years. Yeah. And ago. I think Nancy was too. Because did Nancy say I was doing this for you since I was half his age? That's a good. Po- well, that's a good point. Actually, they probably that's maybe where they met. And probably, oh, definitely, yeah, definitely, and probably Beth as well. Beth was Nancy's sidekick that didn't really say anything. <laughs> but inter- that's interesting though, because he doesn't have. Uh, there's no other. Bo- there's no other girls. No, I think no. You're right. Yeah, I think. Like I think this could have been. I think that's a line from the book. I've been doing this since I was half his age, but the film deliberately chose to make. Nancy a bar girl rather than a barmaid rather than a pickpocket because they wanted you to sympathise with Nancy more so that's probably a line that doesn't really make sense in the context of the film well I thought they but they they still have a relationship with Fagin oh yeah 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 Sykes is still doing it obviously yeah and And Nancy's no fool like remember Fagin tries to uh, get him he tries to the negotiator yeah she yeah and we're going back to back to Nancy Dodger a bit like Oliver Oliver meets Dodger and then Dodger is a big, big, big personality. And then Dodger introduces him. And then very quickly we meet Nancy Fagan and, and Bill. And then after that, we don't have that much of Bill. Uh, Dodger's on screen for a lot, but he doesn't have that much narrative drive uh, for going forward. He's, he's, he's just kind of in the background for a lot of scenes. Yeah, I suppose he's always around. He's kind of he served his purpose in getting in, Oliver in plot, to Fagan. Yeah, yeah. Um, but now, in fairness, as again, he does. Does he help him at the end to save him? No, no. He, don't, he, he kind of he protests against. Does he protest? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they they see Oliver going off with the grandfather, and uh, Bill Sykes wants to yeah. get him. Why? Just remind me. Why is Bill worried that? I mean, has Bill even met Oliver at this stage? I feel like that Bill doesn't meet Oliver until he kidnaps him. No, I think he has. I think Bill has gone to Fagin's house. Um, but Nancy goes to Fagin's house to, on Bill's behalf to sing I'll Do Anything. Well, I think the point is anyway that if Oliver rats out Fagin and brings Fagin, brings the police to Fagin, firstly, their livelihood is gone. Hmm. And secondly he doesn't trust Fagin not to give him up. And does Bill Sykes know that Oliver saw Fagin's jewels or is it just that he knows where the hideout is? Because that seemed to be a big... Well, but it, it's not even these jewels, I think. It's what? just that it's, he, he knows that, like, Oliver knows what they're doing, like, that they're they're stealing and stuff. And I don't even know if Oliver's that smart. Does know. <laughs> but they think that he's, he does yeah. know. And he's going, to, he's going to talk. Yeah. Hmm. And say, well, this guy took me in and we were pickpocketing and la di da di da Do you want to talk about Bill? Okay, let's move on to Bill, so. Oliver Reed. He's probably the... He would have been the big... Um, oh, can I just say about the Artful Dodger? He died. I know. He, he had a, I, I think he was a drug addict. Uh, I don't know. He died of mouth cancer. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be saying that if I don't know for sure. <laughs> Jack Wilde. Yeah, he died of mouth cancer, unfortunately. 
uh, when he wasn't that old. He turned yeah. into quite a peculiar looking fella. Yeah, he was an al- he was an alcoholic. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, I mean, he was peculiar. I mean, he was fifteen and that, so he looked a lot younger than he than he was. Mm. That's a pity. Talented people dying early. Oliver Reed. Oliver Reed. Yeah, he and another heavy drinker by all means. He was kind of part of that gang of Richard Harris and John Hurt that all just get pissed together and then act Shakespeare, so that kind of rock star actor. Oh, rock star actor. Let's do Shakespeare while pissed. Well, there was kind of a, a <laughs> there was kind of a gang of actors. Um, is your man from the fields? That's Richard Harris, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, there was just this gang of actors who used to just who would live very hard lives and were very established actors, and they were kind of rock star actors, and he was one of them, and he's he's. Pretty, he's pretty wonderful in this. He plays the part very well. Um, he he's terrifying. He's very, very he's scary. so scary. He doesn't actually talk for the first twenty minutes that he's in the movie. No, he's it, just kind of this imposing figure, and yeah. everybody's just a bit on edge. It's around so, him. and then yeah, and then even the fact that when we see him first, we see his his shadow, and then we see Bullseye, um, his his mascot. His sidekick. So the first scene we see him in Fagan has uh, gone to meet him to collect jewels and silverware, and I don't know how he fit all this crap in his in his coat. He's pulled <laughs> yeah. an entire yeah. kitchen worth of That stuff. was almost comical. And Bill saying, Ooh, "Well done," or sorry, Fagan is saying, "Well done, Bill. Well done. Lovely stuff you've got here." Bill doesn't speak. Does he not right? speak until Nancy's like? You do leave me. Love me, Bill. Yeah, he doesn't speak to Fagin. Fagin's saying, oh, he doesn't well, say he's that, priced no. up. And he's kind of just looking at him. It's like, tomorrow, Bill, tomorrow. I'll get it to you tomorrow. And he kind of dresses... to the bar. Yeah. Doesn't speak to Nancy. <laughs> just sits down. She gets him a beer and some soup. And then I think the first time he speaks is when she's... Uh, the next Waking morning. Waking him up, yeah. Wake up and say, do you love me? So he's quite... From the outset, he's quite an intimidating character. Yeah, definitely. I d- I'm just thinking, does he wear the same clothes as Dodger? Is Dodger literally emulating him? The top hat and the the waistcoat and the blue coat. He doesn't have a blue coat. I think he has no. a kind of green oh, coat. Okay, okay. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's almost cartoonish, except that he's he acts Oliver Reed acts it with such earnest that he he gets away with it. The Dodger does have. Or sorry, Bill does actually have a song in the musical, the stage musical, but Oliver Reed can't sing, so they um. They cut it out, but they just dub it with all. Uh, yeah, Carol good, that's Reed's a good. Daughter. That's a good. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually think he's so imposing. I don't think it would work. I think I think I'm, I I don't know the song. I'd probably if I saw it on stage, maybe. But I uh, like imposing evil characters can have songs and they can be. You know, he was so he was such a man of a few words though. Like songs are literally monologues, and I. I think I don't think he needed a song. I don't. It certainly wasn't. I don't missed. think he did need it, and clearly he didn't because the, the movie is perfectly fine without it. I suppose they they do tend to give more insight into the character mm. when, when they have a song. But, yeah, but I kind of like the mystery and like he's he's a great villain, and I you know you don't really know what's going on in his head, and I think I, I, I think they made the right decision to get rid of the song, even if it was for practical reasons. I think it worked for for character and story reasons as well. Um, so as we've already mentioned, he is incredibly abusive as well. Oh, he's a, he's an awful. He's definitely cheating on Nancy. Ah, because <laughs> uh, he goes away for months at a time or weeks at a Did time. Did they say that? Uh, well, 
I thought that was the implication when um, when he's coming back. It seems like he's been gone. He's gone quite for a while. while, and he doesn't even give his his mat a kiss. No, he just walks up to her, "Give me me dinner." Give me me dinner and come to bed. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Uh, the only the towards the end when he's running away from the from the mob. This is when he's kidnapped Oliver. Yeah, when he's kidnapped Oliver. Like, I don't know why he's still holding on to Oliver at the end. Just, like, they know who you are. They know you've killed Nancy. But um, it's very desperate. And it's it's quite... I, I remember being quite scared as a kid when he's up on the rafters and he gets Oliver to climb up. You know, he gets him to climb up and, and, and loot, loot the rope. I remember being really scared of that whole scene as a kid. I was scared for Oliver. And even the sight then soon shoots him. I think in the book he actually... He slips and he hangs himself. So the whole thing is that he never escaped. The whole thing is he doesn't want to go to... They mentioned a few times if he's caught, he'll go to the gallows. Yes. So I think the whole point is that... He got the gallows. He got the gallows. Yeah. But yeah, that, so that probably would have been a bit he, violent. <laughs> he ends up getting shot by a policeman and then just hanging. Yeah. Not by the neck. Just it's a little bit, again, like Nancy's death. Maybe slightly anticlimactic. Like this unnamed person ends up killing the main villain like it's not oliver it's not yeah, dodger it's, yeah it's a good point it's just just this random police person just takes out his gun and shoots yeah him. uh there's no build up to it no it's just well maybe that's good i mean it's maybe it's more shocking that way you know it's kind of you yeah. don't see it coming it's one of these things i've I've seen this film since i was a kid it would have been it would have been nice to if oliver could have just tripped him up <laughs> Again, I, I'm forgetting this is a podcast. I'm using my hands. He like uh, when he's swinging, Oliver's just like yoink, <laughs> and lets the news fall. <laughs> it would have been good to give Oliver some agency some in his own film. Fucking plot <laughs> thing. Don't just like wander mm. through the movie or through the musical. Just with nothing to do. Yeah, we we moved to Fagin, so the the star of the show well actually before we go to fagin let's talk about mr bumble because he's the only other character who has a song um he's in a pretty, pretty small role but he's um a pretty awful character he's he's woeful but i think his song is absolutely beautiful the actor that plays him uh has probably i would say probably the best voice yeah in i think that's fair i think that, well better than shani yes definitely hmm it's a beautiful. It's a very different type of voice. I don't know if you can. I I love young boy or sorry boy for sale song. The way he sings that is just it's beautiful. Fantastic. It's kind of renaissance with the kind of the dun 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 dun. dun that kind of the bit at the end? No. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what like are you talking about? like just when it's finished, when he's walking up to the, it's kind of got a renaissance sound to the guitar, like. One boy, boy, for set, do, 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 um, like just and when it finishes, it goes dun, 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 dun. It's beautiful, um, and it has this kind of old Henry the Eighth style sound to it. It's the most Englishy kind of song, I think. Um, it's it's beautiful. Even the first song, uh, first song. Not the first song of the movie, second song of the movie. Oliver. Oliver. He performs fantastically as well and acts it really well. He, his acting style is very uh, bumbly. Very, uh, very, very caricaturist, I think. Very caricaturist. Yeah, may, uh, maybe a touch, uh, maybe Probably a little bit over much than. More of a stage kind of. Yeah, character. and that that uh, that is part of the. Part, um, 
the reason I didn't love that person, even though I think the songs are, are fantastic at that stage of the film, I, th- I find the acting a little bit... Oh, yeah, a bit OTT. Just like, you know, oh my God. Like kind of big, descriptive, uh, big puffed up cheeks, kind of like, you know, him, his wife, Oliver, the and the, and the alcoholic who like sleeps in the coffin and the kid. I just find them all bad. But oh, the Undertaker is okay. He was all right. I just uh, everyone else in, in the rest of the film is. Uh, can you just imagine? We don't see Bill Sykes with with any of them. But can you imagine the difference in how Bill Sykes is acting? And I don't even mean in terms of being a better actor. I just mean in terms of tone and like. Bill Sykes is so realistic. And like Fagan's a very over the top character, but Fagan But realistic at the same time. Is realistic at the same time. So I just feel there's a weird tone shift. I thought no, and in fairness, I think Mr. Bumble was He's the realistic. I mean, like he's 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 okay. I think when he's walking around singing When he's walking around singing, he's marvellous. And when he's when someone's like How much? Certainly not, sir. Like, that's all wonderful. He's walking around England, you know, and the price for Oliver is gradually reducing. And, like, he's holding hands with Oliver, and Oliver looks is, like, looking up at him so... What are you doing? So kind of sweetly, and um, and I think... I actually think when that kid, Mark Lester, when he's not talking, and I know that, like, he's actually... I think he's a a good face actor. Like... (laughs) No, but that is that takes a skill face, too. Face. He's looking up. He has this innocence, and he's looking up at them, and he's looking at people, and he's like, "Oh, is that person gonna yes, it's, buy he me?" Had and a vacant expression on his face. No, it wasn't vacant. It wasn't vacant. Um, and I, but I think that song is. I think that might be my. Oh, it's so hard to say. I can't say oh I prefer boy, that. Boy, I can't say, say I prefer it to the other songs, but I think it's probably the prettiest song. I. Th- I think it's one of the most dramatic songs. Yeah. Um, and it's got the... It's got a gravel... Or gravity to it, I think, that some of the other songs might... Yeah, be. I think that's fair. Like, the, I mean, yeah, like, I, I Do Anything and Who Will Buy are just wonderful showcases and just so fun. But there's something as more... On Papa and... As yeah. on Papa. I mean, like we said this earlier on, there's no stinkers. They're all wonderful. The I had to, the guy who wrote it, and uh, his name is the one I'm about to say right now. Um, but and it's it's um, Char- uh, <laughs> Lionel Bart. Lionel Bart wrote all the music, but he didn't play any instruments. He couldn't read or write music. He just came. He just wrote the. He just he dictated it and said, "This is how I wanted to do." It. And someone then re- re- played it. On. What? Yeah. He. He just dictated the words <coughs> and the melody and the melody. So he just made up the music in his head mm-hmm. and then just sang it and said, that's what it is. Yeah. Jeez, that's a risk. What do you mean a risk? Well, I suppose it's a risk allowing somebody who's not a composer, doesn't play an instrument, can't read or write music. Well, he didn't. He wasn't. He wasn't commissioned. It's a stage musical for years before it was a film and he wrote the stage musical. But it's a bit mad that... I don't think you'd get that now. Well, I mean, he just got a, a guy who plays piano and says, "Oh, here, I have this song. Can we let's hash it out?" 
and the guy played it and he sang it and then they got the, every song out on piano and then wrote yeah, a musical around it. quite incredible. Yeah, it is incredible. And he died penniless. Oh. He made like a fortune. Like, um, my, I've forgotten parts of my research because I researched this ages ago. Yeah, he made a lot of money from it, obviously. And then I can't remember why, but he died penniless. Isn't that really sad? Oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, there you go. Anyway, um, so that's, uh, that's Mr. Mr. Bumble. Bumble. So Mr. We Bumble is also uh, an awful character. He yeah, he's dreadful. He's abusive. he's abusive to Oliver at the start. He's abusive to him in The Undertakers. He is obviously sells Oliver. And at the end, it turns out that himself and his wife have been withholding this locket. Mm. Although I'm not entirely sure what they expected them to do with the locket. But um, I think they knew it was connected to this, to this family. Family. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, in the mu- in the book, they end up um, penniless, and they end up in a workhouse themselves. So they get their comeuppance in the book, and there's quite a few differences in the book. Bill Sykes was hung, like you said. Dodger was arrested for stealing a pocket watch, I think, and was sent to Australia. Do you know the way criminals were sent to Australia? Oh, you probably would have loved it there. <laughs> Nancy was murdered not not I don't think she wasn't bringing Oliver to his uncle it was um, I think she just told she was able to inform the uncle and then um, Noah who was the kid that uh, worked in the undertakers oh yeah he then joined Fagan's gang and Fagan got him to spy on Nancy and um, Fagan then told Bill Sykes that Nancy had betrayed him even though she hadn't she had just told them where Oliver was, and Bill Sykes went to his he- went home and killed Nancy in their own home, mm. and he's plagued with visions of Nancy for the rest of the novel of Nancy saying, "Why'd you kill me, Bill? Why'd you kill me?" <laughs> There's that fantastic accent again. <laughs> oh, you do love me, don't you, Bill? Oom papa. <laughs> If um, this podcast gets off the ground, there'd be a lot of haters online going, that's racist. Yeah, he can't delicious. be racist, the Cockneys. <laughs> um, I sing it with love. And um, Fagan had a different uh, ending too. He was hung at the end of the oh. book. I think Fagan was much more of a villain though because Fagan sold out Nancy. And I mean, in, they this, in, the, in, in, the, in the movie musical, he does have redeemable qualities. Oh, absolutely. Like he's, he's very anti-violence. He's a pacifist. Yeah. He is, and he's uh, throughout. Don't be violent, Bill. He he realizes in within Bill, um, there's this awful capacity for violence. He, yeah, he's he's not violent he's, at all, and he's totally against violence. And I think, and he, no, he does he does threaten Oliver. He does threaten Oliver, but probably an empty threat to a certain extent. I think he got a fright. Yes. And then I think he felt bad afterwards. This is when Oliver when Oliver sees him stealing. Yeah, I think any the only thing that um, Fagan would Fagan will threaten somebody when his when he perceives at least that his livelihood might be in threat because he just cares about money. Yeah, so yeah, that that might take us to one aspect of this. So there is something very controversial about Fagan, and it has been since the book was written. Okay. I was going to, well, I don't know. I, I was going to say something that I thought might be that isn't really implied, but could be there. Well, he, he's he's anti-Semitic, anti-Semitism. Oh my God! I was going to actually. This brings me to a point. But anyway, you go ahead with that, and 
Well, like, so he's a Jewish character who is obsessed with money and has a a gang of children that rob money for him and keeps his money hidden away and doesn't spend it and like takes it out at night and like you know like like this is really interesting actually because i didn't realize he was meant to be a jewish character (laughs) until just now when you said it however holy holy smokes (laughs) Um, you didn't realize fagin was jewish no well, why, where in it does it say that he's Jewish? He's like a caricature. He's like basically like one step away from like, you know. <laughs> Mazel tov. Oh, no, he's not. He's, a cock, he's got a Cockney accent. He's got, he's, but he's, he's got a Jew- ball that he's just like. Oh, but he's, I mean. Anyway. Okay. Okay. Um, I can't believe, Okay. Fine. But today I was um, making dinner and I was saying. I think we better. I think I better think this out again. I think I better think this. Yeah, reviewing, reviewing the situation. And at the end of it is, uh, I think I better think this out again. Do hey, yeah, really Jewish. Yes, yes. And, and like, the, oh my god, is that because like he's Jewish? Oh, well, I was thinking like, well, that's like, are they? And are, the, are they trying to imply that he's a Jewish and you know because he's you know, he's hoarding all this wealth and all this kind of stuff and that that's anti-Semitic? And I was like, that's a bit. That's a bit well, even in the dialect class. that um, Ron Moody kind of spoke in was kind of had elements of. Yes, I I actually see that now. He says, "My dear boy." Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, um, so so just to give you a bit of a history lesson, uh, Charles Dickens was accused of anti-Semitism. Fagin is referred to a lot in the book as the Jew, oh. um, and. Uh, and 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 so even Charles Dickens had to defend the use of of, of of the character, and he said like I I, I don't <laughs> I don't refer to him as the Jew in the second half of the book. <laughs> oh, okay, Money Charles. <coughs> Excuse me. But that's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So I, I so there had so that 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 role um, has always been played with with roles of being anti-Jewish. Um, so and and well, neither of us being Jewish, we, I, I, don't, I don't, I feel, I don't, I, and you didn't even realize it because you know we're not ex- exposed to that. So, you know, uh, you don't, you want to be sensitive. But I find the character of Fagin like just and Ron Moody, and Ron Moody himself is Jewish. Okay. But um, I find the character of Fagin like just so charismatic. He is so watchable. I think if the, I, I think okay, now that you've told me that he's Jewish, then fine, he's Jewish, but. I think if the character wasn't Jewish and there was no, well, I mean, he is Jewish, so Jew. no, <laughs> fine. But I didn't realize he was Jewish. <laughs> well, I so mean, it de- like it didn't make it didn't make any difference. <laughs> well, well, you didn't realize. <laughs> what I'm trying to say is, it didn't make any difference to me watching the movie whether he was Jewish or not. I think if they had made him just a Cockney person with the same in the same position i don't think it, i don't think jew being jewish adds anything to it or, or well well yeah but yeah but i mean that's kind of what ifs i mean the fact is that they have made this character jewish and for thousands of years or for hundreds of years anyway uh, jewish people have been connected with you know be keeping and hiding money and and and, and they have this character who keeps and hide money and then He's Jewish. No, I realize so. that. And I, I realize what you're saying. What I'm saying is that 
it wouldn't have made any difference to the story had he been no. anything else. It doesn't make it, it not once is it mentioned in the story that he's Jewish. in the in the film. It no. doesn't make any difference to the story whatsoever. So he could have been just yeah, but I mean an atheist with who but, was still but what's in your, the same position. But what is your point? Because he if he what's your point though? Because he was those things. So what do you mean? Like he could have been. I what I'm saying is it doesn't bring anything to the story. It doesn't. It, there's no impact of him being Jewish or not Jewish or whatever on the story. It's just obviously back in the day when this was being written it was a bit anti-semitic because they were but i think the film might have been i think the film has not like not i don't think it was i don't think people were like not go it didn't it won best picture but i think there was you know some people saying that maybe that was a bit insensitive i think it probably helps that ron moody was jewish himself only 20 years after the second world war yeah but yeah so but that, that being said ron moody he was wonderful he was, oh, he was so good and he had a fantastic voice as well a beautiful uh, voice did he ah uh, yeah he had a bit of a speaking singing voice perhaps but he got some lovely high notes uh, like uh, he, i know he yeah he coughs but like it, it still really works uh, isn't it interesting that him and nancy are supporting yet they both have nancy has three songs and he has two songs well, Oliver, the main one, only has one little shitty song at the start. Nobody <laughs> couldn't sing. <laughs> well, I mean, whatever. I mean, it, it was written for stage, you know. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think the 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 way Fagan was played in this was like he was a over the top, larger than life caricature character, but played so well that it made him real he seems like a realistic over the top character he yeah. never seemed oh, he, like he seems like an eccentric character no and Ron Mooney was never overacting Ron Mooney did play at him on stage for years so he, oh, I think so he's, he's one well of the f- accustomed to it. Uh, uh, I probably need to research this better than I did huh. I think he's one of the few stage actors who transitioned to film so what a, and he was nominated for an Oscar so how exciting is that for him he didn't win but I, and I think that was pretty much the the end of his film career well he was in flight of the doves did you ever see flight of the doves no I've, I've i read on imdb he was in a couple of things i think he in uh not a pick a pocket what's the review i do anything i think it's i do be anything. back soon <laughs> no i think it's when i do anything when uh fagan's looking all pissed off he's like yeah it's so good and you think he's gonna be like back off yeah he's so he's, he's looking really angry he's doing this accounts or whatever <laughs> And everybody's dancing around, and Nancy and everyone's dancing around, and he he just gives his scale, and then the camera cuts, and he just starts dancing out. And he's got a little feather. He's, he's put his quill in his his yeah, quill that he was yeah. writing with is now in his hair. Yeah, he and he's so much energy. The he's actor, he's so doing light on his feet, so light on his feet. Yeah, he's he's, he's wonderful. He's really. I actually, you know what? Now that we're talking about it, I'm like. I don't want to see it again. <laughs> I kind of want to see the songs again. Yeah, um, it's not on Spotify. The music, the soundtrack, which is so mm. annoying. The, there's a soundtrack to the stage uh, production. The, they made a production of this in. Um, uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber did a production of this, um, and to find a Nancy, they did an X Factor type show. With Graham Norton as. Yes, the they did a few. They did send the music, and they did uh, Joseph, and then they did I Do Anything, which was Nancy, and an Irish girl came second, and it was really an Andrew Lloyd Webber. Had pub- publicly said that he wanted. Yeah. yeah, she was the girl in um, War and Peace that we saw. She was oh, the princess. 
who they kept on telling us was plain, even though she was a lovely looking girl. And uh, I, and, and it was. And then he sacked the main the actress. Yeah, the girl who won Josie something. something. Well, he, no, she didn't sack her. Josie something won. She had a six month contract. and He didn't renew it. Yeah, she had a six month contract. That was the prize, and she did that. And then when, and then the other one then took over. I think six <laughs> months later. I think that's what happened. But this this was the soundtrack of of that film of, of that of that stage production that's on Spotify. Okay. Um, but you different. The songs are the same. Well, I, I guess Bill Sykes' song might be up there, but the songs are all the same. But um. It's not. It's they're not, not as same. good. And funny, now modernized it all. Did Andrew Lloyd no? I only really listened to as long as he'd need me because I really wanted to hear that, and she just does not sing that anywhere near the way that Shani does. Um, and nowadays, when you see a film, usually they use Hollywood actors that aren't necessarily stage actors. Therefore, their voices aren't as good. You know, like Russell Crowe and Les Mis and yeah. Anne Hathaway, uh, compared to, you know, stage actors. But this was the opposite, where I just didn't feel that the West End cast were as good as the film. Um, yeah, I kind of want to listen to reviewing the situation again. I think yeah, that's I mean, like fantastic. I said, it's a, it's a it's a great soundtrack. It's a wonderful it's soundtrack. Yeah. Do you want to just before anybody out there, you should listen to the soundtrack. It's a, yeah, it's it's almost perfect. It's almost perfect. Just before we kind of wind up, let me just let's have a quick chat about like you know the I think the direction was. It was, it was pretty fun, pretty stellar throughout the direction was good but um you made the point that at the start it was almost unwatchable so the uh, direction well the that's direction true in those scenes that's true poor. um I, yeah uh, uh, but the, also the, the direction choice of putting his daughter as the singer for oliver <laughs> yeah okay it was some peculiar choices there i suppose when i'm thinking about direction i'm thinking about the big numbers like consider yourself and who will buy just the amount of things happening yeah, in those incredible. songs I mean they must have to taken coordinate that the incredible and one of my what I love is that in Consider Yourself at the very end of that everyone's facing the camera and does this big thing and then in a split second they literally just go about their day they just go about it's their day, yeah. business and then usual. all of it business as usual um, and the like the sets are fantastic you can like smell the grime of london and like nancy's dress is horrible there's all stains on it and the dodger's coat is all stained yeah, and you haven't had a bath in no weeks. you can almost see the and like his hair is his friend um even when when they're in uh when they're in fagan's loft and they're all just Disgusting. Oh, you can dirty. see their dirty feet. And you, were, you were just like, oh, I bet it smells <laughs> awful. Yeah, ooh. <laughs> Little boys are not the cleanest at yeah. the best of times. Yeah, malnourished and Fagan just giving them his sausages. Um, I meant to say something. <laughs> I meant to Fagan's say something else as well. The, the, the imagery of Fagan, the first time we see him, he emerges, he's cooking the sausages, but it's all like smoking. And he emerges from the smoke with his pointy beard and he's holding a fork. And I was like, is that meant to be a Satan kind of imagery? No, I wouldn't think it was meant to be Satan, to be honest. I think it was probably meant to... It was probably meant to be, this is not a nice character uh, and probably meant to be a bit scary. Ooh, but then he kind of turns into... The, prod, the pork and the smoke and the beard. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. He was Jewish eating yeah. sausages. And oh, that's true. Yeah. Well, I mean, he probably wasn't the... <laughs> yeah, he wasn't, <laughs> he wasn't the most stand-up yeah, member of the community, he was he? the synagogue every... every yeah. Week. Yeah, so so I just wanted to mention briefly that the production, I thought, was brilliant. The costumes were brilliant um, and everything. 
I think I've spoken about everything I, I need to. Is there anything else you want to know? No, I did, uh, when you were talking about uh, something a bit uh, controversial and it turned out to be Judaism, um, I was thinking there, there was nothing oddly, creepily sexual about Fagan and those boys up in the lot. No, no, at, I don't at think any so. Point. There, wasn't, there was no implications of that or anything. The, 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 I thought the boy for sale was a creepier connotation, to be honest. I thought it was slavery. I mean, yeah. Was, yeah, which was illegal in England at the time. I don't know. It was. so, But maybe it was a bit different like in that. It wasn't first though. It was kind of a boy for adoption that you'll pay adoption fee well, for. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we... Well, well, let's look at our list, right? Yeah? We, we, we go through th- all our points? We said direction? Well, direction... Costume, we've talked fantastic. constantly about music and I think it's fair to say we adore the music. Uh, we've talked about the cast apart from Oliver. To be honest, I think this film hits every note apart from... Oliver, I think uh, uh, everything else I'm pretty, pretty happy well, with. Except the first sort of twenty minutes of the. Well, movie. that's because Oliver is pretty much centric for that part. So, when we look at our list, I have two places that I'd be comfortable putting this. Do you want me to say, what? Where would Read you put our it? list? Our list is number one is, um, How's Mod. Number two is Danny Darko. Number three is um, Flatliners, and number four is Escape New York. I would put it number two. Okay. Would I give it higher than Harlem uh, Mod? I'm not so, so sure. it, when you put it at number two, are you wrestling to put it at, after Donnie Darko at number three? Are you wrestling to put it up further above Harlem up, Mod? Above. Me Darko. too. So we're the exact same place. I think, yeah, Flatliners get from New York. Whatever. See you later. Uh, Donnie Darko is still a decent movie. Didn't bring me it's, as it's much not, enjoyment. It's not. It's not as masterfully. It doesn't bring the joy that this film brings. No, it doesn't have the heart. And it the doesn't joy have the enjoyment. heart. It doesn't have the music in Donnie Darko is brilliant, but it ain't a patch on this. The music in How the Mod is great, but it doesn't compare to this. Yeah. I mean, it's um, a musical, though. To be fair, overall enjoy. I think it comes down to overall enjoyment. Uh, did I overall enjoy Harold Mod more than Oliver? Ooh. It's difficult because anything with a musical where you can sing along is always it's going to it's always going to be rewatchable. Yeah. So, uh, I think Harold and Maude had more heart as a drama and more realistic, I suppose. Uh, so. Yeah, I wanted Harold and Maude wanted me to cry for the relationship, even though I thought Sh- uh, Shani was amazing. I never wanted to cry for her when she died. Well, I don't think you got to know the characters as well. No, certainly not. It was too. Many. It was an ensemble cast, though. Yeah. When you know when Shani died, or when Nancy died, it certainly wasn't anywhere close to when Maud died. Maud died yeah. And and there's little parts of Oliver that I'm like, oh, that wasn't great. And I don't think there's anything in Harold Maud that I didn't think was great. Uh, I would have to agree. I think. I think there's. Okay, so we yeah. we're on agree. We we thought we'd be constantly arguing with this well, list. We're only at like five <laughs> movies, so you know, let's give it a That's while. true. Um, uh, so I think number two. I think we're you were exact. That was exactly where I was thinking. So we're putting two. Oliver. Oliver. Number two. Oliver exclamation mark. Goes Oliver in number. And two I think that is a list. very. I think it's prepared of itself. I think that's a very good place. Yes. To be a very good place for musical number. Yeah. One. So, so I think it's only we've only got time left to do a flip the coin for next week. Yeah. See, have, what, what musical have you picked for musical? Well, I decided. Two? I thought after giving us such a wonderful 
like crowd pleasing musical like Oliver that we were basically like this is great and this is great and this is great I thought I'd pick something that would be a bit more interesting to analyse okay so I have picked a musical called Nine so Nine was a musical made in the 70s or 80s I think and it was made into a film in 2009 and it was directed by the same guy who did Chicago and Chicago won best picture and it was just universally loved so when he made this musical the film for nine nine had been this huge broadway musical it had won loads of tonys and it was based on a film called eight and a half have you ever heard of eight and a half no i don't think so eight and a half was a film by an italian director and it was it was he considered his eight and a half film because he made one short so it was his eight and a half film and it was kind of his biography film and it's usually if you ever look at like the top 100 best films of all time eight and a half is usually in the top 100 somewhere it's like one of these it was from like the 50s or something or okay. 60s so this musical was based on it and uh, then this film was based on the musical this, this, this was like the third kind of iteration of it and it had a credible cast Daniel Day-Lewis you know he only acts like once every five oh, years oh I do know D- Judy Dench Judy Dench Sophia Loren Nicole Kidman Kate Hudson like this incredible cast like everything pant. was going for it and it just didn't work Marion yeah. Cotillard I remember I wanted to go and see that but then for some reason didn't then go, uh, end up going to see it and then just never watched it it just never it just never and it, it just and it and I saw it and and I remember being quite disappointed and I remember being like well, oh, don't give too much away we haven't no no no, no we might this just, is our next I, episode but I want to dissect you have to, <laughs> You have to wait till our next episode to go through what you think. But I want to dissect, and maybe now looking back on it, I would appreciate more because, like I said, the song that it won loads of Tonys. It was a, a extremely popular musical, so I think I'm uh, with a great cast, uh, with a, a director who had already made a hit musical. So I think it would be interesting to dissect. So that's excuse me. That is my nomination nine. Um, I am going to have a much more succinct nomination than <laughs> that. I mean, I'm not going to go on and on and on about why I've chosen the film. Um, I have chosen Rent. Oh, okay. So both... both, 2005. um, So both noted. So so Uh, whoever wins this won't be able to... Have another 2000... We won't be able to do the other one the next time we... You know what I mean? Which is fine. The reason I've chosen this is because... What did I choose last week? Can you remember? Well, you chose a Disney. This is our first musical. You chose it. We were yeah, picking the we new topic. We chose you chose Aladdin. Oh yeah, and then we had to do. But we won musical. Disney didn't win. Musicals won. But did I not get a? No, for the when we do a first in the new genre, you just pick what your. Right. Film I'm still is. getting to grips with the format. Okay, whatever. So, rent. <laughs> so anyway, okay, I'm, okay. I'm uh, interested. Rent from 2005. The only reason I've chosen it is because I've never seen it. You could almost and put the exact same reason for that because that was a hit musical and the film flopped. And funny enough, I think some of the cast that were in the musical, which was a hit, were in this All of them, movie. apart from Rosaria Dawson and... Um, and were they crap in it, or...? Uh, Maybe they were just, just stage actors who didn't translate um, to screen. Well, the whole thing about Rent is that it's all about this, like... Like, these young people uprising up, up and, and, and kind of grabbing life by the horns. And the cast, when they was first in Broadway, were all, like, 20. And then by the time the film were made, they were in their mid-30s. So <laughs> Life had beaten them down. No, but they're like, you know, like, they're meant to be these young rebels and they're in their 
mid thirties. It's just they were too old for it. I think that was part of it. But surely they could have played it. You know, they, they're playing the anyway. Well, let's see. that was one of the reasons. Um, there's two problems with Rent. There's, if you dissect the story of Rent, it doesn't really make much sense. It'd be a great film to dissect next week if we do. And but there's there's a it's a very there's lots to enjoy in watching it. But the film sucks a lot of that enjoyment out. We have that on DVD, so we don't even have to stream it. We don't stream it. We pay for all our movies. Um, stream it on pay, then. <laughs> don't be getting us into trouble. Um, it will be grand, I'm sure, in Hollywood. <laughs> um, okay, so, okay, so uh, I actually would be just as happy if you won than me. I was actually thinking about doing red. Heads or tails? Uh, I'll pick heads. I will pick tails, because I chose that. Heads. So we're doing nine. That means I don't get to watch Rent. You can still watch it. I'm just going to talk about Rent next week. I don't care. I'm going to watch nine. I'm just going to talk about Rent. Okay, that's great. So we do nine next week. I have a feeling it won't be as high as Oliver, maybe. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Okay. Thank you, right. for Thank you for listening, guys. and you can, you know, all rate us and, you. and all, yeah. oh, all yeah, that you stuff. You can rate us and stuff, yeah. and you can follow us on Instagram. We have an Instagram page. <laughs> I haven't been onto that in ages. You need to put some shit up there. Yeah, we do. We need to start getting and, that right. And uh, if you're listening to us 10 years into the future, then we probably have a Facebook page or no longer are doing this. So enjoy. Okay, bye. Be back soon. Bye.